Welcome to the Foxworthy Podcast. We are here. Uh, it is our end of the year podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Taylor Gaines. Hello. Say hello. Hello. To the <laughs> hello. <laughs> Taylor, how Taylor how is, great is this? Taylor is especially excited, not only because it is the end of the year and we are going to be doing our top ten today, but because... Favorite um, episode. A little, <laughs> a little Christmas gift from Taylor's parents. We actually have some new recording equipment today. So, Thank um, you, Mom and Dad. They in no way sponsor our podcast, but the company Blue makes, I was gonna ask makes, if a, we popular, even mention. <laughs> makes a popular microphone called the Yeti, of which we are using the black model. And mm. here we go. Mm. Um, we have to be careful with our movements. You just click the pen, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna like it's gonna it's gonna know every Alright. Forty seconds <laughs> in and we haven't talked about T V once. That's All fine. Alright, Taylor. That's um, fine. we're gonna do this is gonna be fun. We're gonna do a fun thing today. I'm hoping you're not looking at my phone because oh, you're not. seeing my I'm list. Not. I don't wanna see okay. your list. We're just gonna run through our list, I think. Did you wanna do I, I know what we did last year was kind of like I would say my top my number ten and then talk a little bit about it and you would maybe agree or say if it made your list or not, and then you would talk about your number ten and we would just kind of go back and forth. I think we should do that again. But then we have um, a fun little thing when we get to our top three ooh, that we ooh. will just save ooh. for that. My number 10 show for the television year of 2016 uh, was the Amazon Prime original program. That could be a couple things. Transparent. Oh. <laughs> I didn't Transparent. know. I, I thought this know season, where that was going. I thought this season was really good. I found, uh, I, as we talked about um, on one of our other recent podcasts, you had some problems with it, um, but I thought a lot of it was very moving, and I liked the performances a lot, and I just think it's a um, really bold show. I don't know if I would say wholeheartedly that this was their best season, but I do think it was another strong year, and especially the Judith Light performance, as I highlighted before, was definitely a standout and kind of made the season really stick out in my mind. Um, for one of the best shows of the year. We talked so, a lot about Transparent just uh, two short episodes ago. Two short episodes? Yeah. We're on a roll. This is our third <laughs> episode in like less than a week. All right, give me your number 10. Hit me. I, I will tell you, I think throughout the list, um, I will be vague. Like if you mention something that I have coming later on, I might say, oh, you'll hear more about that show later or, okay. or something like that. But Transparent is not in my top 10. Okay. <laughs> so totally I guess fair. that doesn't apply. I feel like we're And I think anyone very... who listened to the podcast probably knew it wouldn't be, but... Regardless. This is fun because I definitely feel like this year more than any other year. I mean, we've only, this is only your second year doing this, but I feel like this year, even more so than last year, is going to have a lot of different stuff. So I think and this is going to be fun. I have a show at number 10 that I'm pretty sure is not going to be on yours. I'm because pretty I've, sure is not going to be on yours either. Because I haven't watched it or because I don't like it? Uh, I don't know. Hit I think I might have made Hit me. What is it? Supergirl. Supergirl. Oh, bless it. Supergirl. Do, 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 do. Listen. <laughs> Here's, okay, go ahead. Here, justify, justify it. Here's what I believe. I think, although top ten lists are extremely subjective anyway, yeah, I specifically silly. believe the number ten spot is for something that's just for you. Okay. That, that's sort of my way that I look at it when I'm making my lists, because as I was making it, I sort of made one through nine, and I was like, number ten is going to be Supergirl. Okay. And the reason is because the more I worked on my list, the more I thought, 
I want my top ten to reflect shows that meant something to me in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I talked, I think, on the podcast a little while ago about how Supergirl is sort of what I wish more superhero movies were like as far as tone and just aesthetic. And it's it's very joyful and, and bright and the, everything's always sort of happy at the end of the day. And, um, and this year in particular, I felt like Supergirl was just something that I loved being able to come home to. But I remember asking you when we talked about Supergirl the last time you advocated for the show, and I have nothing against it. I really haven't. I, I've watched just a few episodes in the beginning of the first season. But... I I think I asked you if you found it like silly or goofy, and you said no, not really. And I think that's maybe the difference is that like it doesn't quite quite cross over into being like too much or too silly or too, where you can't really like buy into it or get behind it or invest in it. Like it's fun, but it also is like there's some quality and some thought behind it, even though it is in some ways kind of frivolous. Is that and fair? The lead say? the lead performance is also really strong. In a yeah, way that very, sort of keeps me very compelled. Yeah, charming. Yeah. And I was just impressed with the way it took a turn in the second season toward sort of awareness of what it is. Right. And its move to the CW, I think, helped it a lot. So I guess this is the only show on my list that uh, sort of an exception as far as it's not like one season. Because mm-hmm. the end of season one was this year and the beginning of season two was this year. Right. Two different networks, but... Anyway, that's my number 10. Did that make your list? No, it didn't. I'm going to hit you with my number 9, and then I think we've talked about this show, and I don't know where this falls on your list, or if not, or I don't know how we're going to talk about this or work around this, but I, um, The People vs. O.J. Simpson um, on uh, FX. Not the supposedly excellent made-for-ESPN documentary O.J. Made in America, which I do want to check out. neither of us have seen that. And you know why, though? I'm very interested in it, but it's like seven hours long. It is very long. It's like five 90-minute episodes. It's supposed to be excellent, and a lot of people did a cheat on their top ten lists, I noticed, and kind of paired the two OJ shows together. Yes. The sort of fictionalized dramatization and the documentary... Which is ridiculous. Together. But it's almost just as, as annoying the to best. see them at number two and number three or something, you know? Right. So I don't even know what the right thing to do with that is. And I think we should delay our OJ talk as well, because that is on my list. It is on your list. Okay. Um, so let's talk about that later. We both my- thought it was excellent, though. I think we did a podcast on it um, oh, back earlier. In February, Back maybe? when it well, first March? couple episodes yeah. had aired. So I think we both kind of agreed uh, on it's excellent, but we'll talk about sort of its merits as one of the best of the year as we get further along. My number nine, I believe, is also not going to be on your list. Okay. Also because you don't watch it. (laughs) Uh, Because my number nine is Game of Thrones. Uh, Wow. Season whatever just happened. So disappointed. Six? There's your consensus consensus show. It was season six. It was season six. um, This year's season was a six. That's actually the reason I put that at number nine. Um, because of the communal experience because, makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, I thought that elevated it over some shows that were very close to my top ten. Just because, again, when I look back on 2016, I'm going to remember the finale of this season of Game of Thrones as being one of the most memorable and important TV things mm-hmm. of the year. And I miss that communal experience of television where everybody's talking about the same shows. So to have an episode that was undoubtedly one of the five or ten best TV episodes of the year, and to have it be on that platform, combined with what was a pretty good season just because everything is finally moving towards an end, 
Um, and it now has a fixed end date. Yes. Right. Uh, all that sort of built up to it cracking my top ten. Okay. And I'll, I'll talk... I think we'll talk at the end about some of the shows that didn't make okay. the list. So should we move on to number eight? Number eight. Number eight for me, the Netflix original series, not entitled House of Cards. <laughs> if um, House of Cards was on your top ten, <laughs> I would have walked out the door. Orange is the New Black. Okay. I thought they had a stunning season this year, and... As I've watched um, a lot of stuff, um, there are just moments in those last string of three or four episodes of the season that stuck with me more than a lot of things. It was challenging. It was powerful. Performance, as usual, were were great. Um, The cast is so diverse and so talented, and it works on a number of different levels. It works on a human level. It works on a sort of social justice level kind of being you know advocacy you know dealing with private prisons dealing with racism and it's complicated and um you know this is i think this was the fourth season if i'm not mistaken and you know we've grown to really like care about a lot of these people and really invest in them over the course of the show and i I thought honestly this was just some of their strongest work this year so it cracked my top 10 because honestly those last three or four episodes can't get them out of my head. They're I, just really powerful. It's hard for me to explain why I completely almost forgot about Orange is the New Black when making my list, but I feel the same way. The last few episodes, there's, I guess not to spoil it, but there's sort of a major moment that the season builds toward that's really, really powerful and is a great summation of kind of everything the show has done to this point. And it's really, I think, mastered its tone Yes. By this point in its run. This was what, season four? Season four, yeah. And it's people used to debate, oh, is it a comedy? Oh, is it a drama? And I think now that TV has changed over the last few years as well, it's sort of established itself as Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not necessarily one or the other. I just thought it was a stunning... I mean, I can remember, you know, you once you watch a lot of things... Um, things start to sort of start to run together when you watch a lot and a lot of different things in such a short period of time. And people like us who kind of try to do this on a regular basis to kind of keep up and have things to talk about, um, just so much of that season stuck out, even more than the previous seasons. Like, I couldn't, almost couldn't tell you the things that moved me or surprised me from seasons one through three, but I can tell you Well, episode 12, I believe was directed by Matt Weiner. I believe so, yes. Who, unfortunately, doesn't qualify for any of our lists <laughs> this year. <laughs> but that was one of the best episodes of TV all year. Matt uh, Weiner being the creator and showrunner of Mad Men, the classic AMC drama, which we oh, both Is it classic already? We Are we that love. old? We're not that old. No, but we love it's, <laughs> it. It feels classic because it's set, Cause it's in, set in the 60s. I don't, I'm, Fair I'm, enough. Fair I'm enough. being a jerk. So hit me with your number eight. My number eight... Uh, is Halt and Catch Fire Woo! on AMC. Terrific show. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling I would be hearing from you on that one, so we can save our thoughts on Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, that's um, definitely on my list, but I won't say which <laughs> spot, but it's a little further down. I feel like this is on your list, and it's going to be further, like closer to the top, one of your best, Atlanta. But we've talked a lot about it, so I don't think we need to say too you much. You put it at, what, than number seven? Number seven. I don't think we need to say too much right now in the moment about it, other than just like what a heck of a freshman. yeah. We can cover. We've what talked a about it a lot, show. but I we mean, can we've... we can recap it a little bit when we get to it on my list yeah. because it is on my list. So hit me. So my number, number seven. seven is on Netflix. Okay, I have a feeling I know where this is going. Okay, what do you? 
Where, where, give me a clue at where you think it's Is it going. Black Mirror? No. Number okay. seven is BoJack Horseman. Another show I don't watch. <laughs> Tells you how great I am uh, at this job. BoJack Horseman is an animated tragic comedy, mm-hmm. I guess. What's the word they have for those? Sadcom? It's, I don't know. Tragic comedy. Um, tragic. Tra- it's yeah. about a horse who was the leading man on a sitcom in the 90s, played by Will Arnett, and now is sort of depressed living in Hollywood trying to figure out what he's meant to the world and what he what his life is worth and it is amazing i i I, i'm consistently blown away by it it's very funny its humor is me like right there there's literally an episode where a poster is in a cafe behind the characters that has the now not famous but you may have seen it the hamilton poster right with the uh, alexander hamilton like holding pointing, up his finger, pointing the finger except yeah. on the face of alexander hamilton is a pig because it's hamilton oh wow <laughs> and that's <laughs> there's so many jokes like that on bojack that are just kind of ga- like visual gags that last half a second um, but then the show is also so honest with its characters and their emotions and their journeys and it's one of those shows that can make you cry and make you laugh really hard both ways at any time and it's animated about a horse a walking horse yeah and by walking i mean two. i've heard that it's strange in the most wonderful way and that it i've heard that it nothing but excellent things about it nothing but high praise um from people who i honestly wouldn't expect would watch a show like that because when you see like the type of animation and how like all the characters are like animals and it's just like how is this like good or how can this like move you or like surprise you with like the sort of human emotion that it tackles especially for something animated so um you know i'm sure it has I its merits it, and i think it's brilliant and you're not the only one that loves it and it's something that is very much on my list that i'm interested in um, checking out in the what's future what's your number six who boy number six um this is what i thought you were about to say about your netflix show um Oh, I, Black Mirror. Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Season three specifically of Black Mirror. Well, then this year's save show. It. Save it. Save okay. it. I do have that on here. Great. My um, number six. Yeah, give it to me. I am pretty sure is also not on your list. I think Oof. I've named... Oh, no. Halt and Catch Fire, you said, is on your list. But four of the five shows I've named so far, not on your... You haven't even watched. <laughs> um, too number TV, six Taylor. is Corey. I loved Corey. Did you, you watch the whole season? I watched all eight episodes. It's basically about a guy who comes back from war and is they attempt a, a shady group attempts to draw him into a hitman like organization. And speaking of episodes of the year, episode four, I believe, of Quarry is pretty much filmed exclusively at a motel, uh, I think in Tennessee. And it was one of the more powerful episodes of the year where the the creative team for Quarry a lot of, has a lot of the same people from Rectify. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the episodes where you could really see it in the way that people talked with each other in a very real way. And, and a lot of the stuff that's going on is sort of subtextual. And, right. and also, it's a great action show. Mm-hmm. It's got a one-shot action scene in the finale that is pretty crazy. And yeah. I loved it a lot, and it was a huge surprise, yeah. and I was I was glad to put it on my list. Honestly, I could have put it higher, but it felt like a very personal thing that just sort of came and went. And so it appealed to you. Yeah. Um, that's my number six, cool. Corey. Q U A R R Y. I feel like that word is hard to say. Corey. All right, 
So we are now down to five. Top so, five. So, so we're in our top five now. Getting down to the wire here, the the best of the best of the year. And I know for a fact that this is not on your list because I don't think you've ever watched a single episode of it. Huh. It's a show that I have mentioned from time to time. We don't talk about it because you don't really watch it. Who I have no but idea. But they had a hell of a season this year, and that is the HBO series Girls. Uh... <laughs> you did not see that coming, did I you? I was. I couldn't remember. I was like, "What does Brian watch that I don't?" And then, it, then you um, said it, and I, that's the only moment I have when stuck I with this show, it. and this show has gone through um, some pretty unfair criticism, I would say. But this um, fifth season was the best season they've had since the first. Um, creatively, it was pretty much at its peak. They had some very surprising, um, emotional, just stunning episodes. Really good character work, great performances, some really interesting direction. I don't want to say too much about Lena Dunham as a human being because she's definitely been putting her foot in her mouth a heck of a lot off camera. And I will just leave it at that. But I still think that they had a heck of a season this year. And I am looking forward to the final season, which starts, I think, in late January or early February. The sixth and final season. Freaking Adam Driver. He's a hot actor right now. He's in, obviously, Star Wars and everything. Pretty much any movie you can think of, he's popping up in. He's in the new Martin Scorsese movie. Sad Darth Vader. He is... um, a really interesting actor, and he, from the, honestly the beginning, has been one of the shining stars and the, one of the bright spots of the series, even when the series has not been at its best. And I don't know if this is a sexist thing to say. This is not the first, I'm not the first person to say this or think that this is true, but in a lot of ways, the male characters are more interesting and more likable and more engaging and easier to invest in than the female characters for a show that is entitled Girls. Um, I do like the female characters, and I root for them often, but um, my point is that um, despite what you may have heard, I do believe the show is worth checking out. I think it is excellent. I think they had an excellent fifth season. So very, it, very made my, it made very my fun. list. Top five. I need to do number oh, five. Oh, you need to do your five. I haven't done so, number so five. So give me, hit me. Fiver. My number five is Black Mirror. Okay. Which you had, what, seven? Yes. Now, this is probably one of the few shows we both have on our list, right? I think so. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't know, but we I would guess. Black Mirror was just... It's a unique viewing experience, and I don't say that lightly. I, I, I really try not to say the word unique very often, because a lot of things are similar. But even <laughs> Twilight Zone didn't have modern technology in it. Right. And I tell you what, man. We talked about Black Mirror. It has two episodes that I didn't like at all. Right. But with the anthology format, having two episodes that I still think about like every day is more than enough to make it into my top five. And that's honestly, that's why it didn't go any higher than five is because it had a few clunkers. Mm -hmm. But because it's just wildly inventive, more interesting than pretty much anything else that, that has come on this whole year and had two just jaw-dropping episodes it was it made my top five so that's yeah. my number five i don't know if you want to say I, anything more I mean, about it, was, it it was my number seven i it was gonna make it on here no matter what because as we've talked about we did a whole episode on black mirror and we ranked you know the episodes from the netflix season this year's netflix season but freaking playtest and san junipero are hands down two of the most compelling interesting 
thought-provoking, creative hours of TV that I watched this whole year. And obviously there's things we haven't seen. There's stuff that I watch that you don't watch. There's It's impossible to watch everything, but... I, I would put those two episodes up against the best episodes of, of any of my favorite things of this year. I mean, if, if you Mirror... haven't seen those two episodes, you don't need to watch other Black Mirror. Just go watch those two Seriously. on their own. They stand alone. And then and go terrific. watch Be Right Back. They're terrific. And watch the entire history of you. Okay. And watch White Christmas. <laughs> yes. And I'm That's partial to White Bear as well. John Hamm is it. Now, I, oh, I I came very close to flipping that to number four. If I honestly think if Black Mirror had had one more great episode, it would have been my number four. Right. But. There were two that were incredible, two that were pretty good, like excellent, and then the two that were not. But since I just teased good. it and you talked about it earlier, let me just say, my number four is FX's Atlanta. Okay. Which you had, what, six? I had it at, yeah, six. No, excuse me. That was my number seven. Yeah, that was my number <laughs> seven. Black Mirror was my number six. Yeah, Atlanta was my number four. Uh, we talked about it a lot on here. I, I feel like it's like it could be the new Seinfeld if Donald Glover wants to keep making it. Uh, it's funny. It's smart. It's it's brilliant. I, I honestly, now that we started talking about it, can we just stop recording and go watch season one again? That's sort of how I feel about I it. I mean, the last few episodes we've done, even talking about like the the movies when we did our entire movie episode and. We just dabbled in this like a few minutes ago when we were talking about Game of Thrones. But I would say for for the age of TV where we're falling out of love with where, where we don't have a consensus show, I, I, this was like probably, I don't know what the ratings were, but in terms of critical acclaim and just everyone I know that has watched it, like this was the consensus of the year. It was like pretty much everybody that gave it a shot was blown away by just how creative and unique this show is. I mean, let me give you a peek behind the curtain. When I started making my top 10 list, I wrote down the 45 shows that I watched entire seasons of this year. And then I wrote, just to help me clear things up, first I crossed off like half of them that I just knew weren't going to make it. Right. So then I took like 20 or 25 or so to the next page and I made a category called shoe-ins to my top 10 and I wrote Atlanta first because... There's just no doubt from the moment I watched, I don't know, four of them, two of them, <laughs> that yeah. it was going to be in the top ten. Black Mirror, by the way, also in my shoe-in list. <laughs> and uh, BoJack as well. And then three more shows that I haven't mentioned. Okay. Is it, did you want to say anything else about Atlanta? I don't mm. really want to add too much other than I agree with you. That Juneteenth episode is freaking so freaking <laughs> good. It is so funny and terrific. and just. I will say, since you mentioned that specific episode... There is uh, an image in that episode that happens to tease the album cover of Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino's new funk rock album that came out. The funk record, yeah. That came out like two months after Atlanta ended. Right. um, Which is called Awaken My Love. I'll say this. I played it for my brother and he was like, I might smash a radio if it was playing that. But... I think it's pretty interesting, and he's a fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fascinating, fascinating artist, creative force yeah. for sure. What's your number four? My number four, and this is probably going to surprise you. I Ooh. think you enjoyed this program. We talked about it on the <laughs> podcast, but I don't think this is on your list. I, I would be very surprised if it was. I don't think you were as over the moon about it as I was. But I enjoyed the hell out of Amazon's 
Fleabag. I just thought it was so fun uh, until it wasn't fun. But then <laughs> the fact that it wasn't fun made it even more just like, oh my god, what a great, what a great just six episode run, thoroughly entertaining. Sit through it in a day, like a like a long movie, two and a half hours. Great, like new talent. Well, new meaning like I hadn't seen her before. Phoebe Waller Bridge, writer, creator, star, and just great performances. Really funny scenes. And then just like a really poignant stick the landing ending. And and I love that last episode. I know it's like such an unconventional ending, but I love that final scene where she's in the cat her cafe with that guy. It's just great. It's great. It it sticks out in my mind. Yeah, that show did not make my list. I actually now that I think about it, I don't know if any Amazon Prime exclusives cracked my top ten here. A couple of them came close. That one was pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I ever almost had it in the top ten, but... Three. All right, number three. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Maybe we could say it at the same time. Number three, for me... Veep. Oh, we did it. (laughs) Amazing. I actually, I just had a feeling that we would both have that number three just now. It's freaking terrific. And this season was so funny. This season was unreal. I mean, we were, I think reasonably worried because the showrunner left but then the new guy stepped in and made the best season the show's ever done but but my understanding is he had been a writer right right no he no, was no, just yeah. promoted so he was familiar with the show the beats the tone all of that oh my god but Veep oh my just... gosh there were just some scenes where i was just completely losing it it's the, just uh, so freaking funny i still i oh my god Veep <laughs> is so funny it's like it, it's amazing I know I just said we should stop and watch Atlanta, but we should actually stop and watch Veep. God, it's so. Good. I want to. I just want to see Jonah <laughs> running for Congress again. Yes. Oh my God! Or the Ooh. episode where Julia Louis Dreyfus does everything, from like laughing to crying to being angry. This season was insane, and there was the documentary episode. There's all the. There was the Chinese ambassador episode. There was the. God, it was... There was one where people kept coming back into the room having meetings about each other. Yeah. Like. This season was great. Hands down the funniest show that I think I I can remember from this year. Just in terms of pure enjoyment and laughter and just cleverness and just, God, she's so funny. Like, Like, I can't even complain, and I'm not the first person to say this, but I can't even complain about her getting an Emmy for this show every year. Because she's so effing There's no arguing. There's no arguing. She's so good. Oh my god. so effing funny. Veep is just... So we agreed. We, Veep we is hit number the three. Same sweet spot. I don't. I think that's the last one we're gonna hit. But all right. Let me say my number two first, just because we've already talked about it a little bit. My number two is the People versus OJ Simpson. Okay, that was my number nine. This one made my list for a combination of reasons I've discussed already. You know, when I look back on 2016, OJ is probably the show I'm gonna remember as being like the show of 2016. Yeah. As far as critical acclaim and by critical acclaim i mean like it was a good show yeah but by popular demand it was highly rated uh it hit a lot of important like themes of the time Mm -hmm. and the performances were just not not necessarily always great but always amazing always (laughs) and always interesting even when they were so like just out there and OJ was my show this year that I had, you know, a weekly experience with where I was like, 
Tuesday nights are OJ nights. Yes. Like, it's it's time to watch OJ. And that was the thing, I feel, about it, that it was a 10-episode thing that happened. Was It was in the summer, right? More or less? No, it was spring. I think it was spring. Spring, maybe early summer. But it was 10 weeks, and it did feel like an event. It felt like something every week people would watch it, and people would be talking about, oh my gosh. It was almost as if, and I'm not... Obviously, this is not a new thought, but it's almost as if we were reliving a thing that happened 20 years ago. It's like, did you see the thing that happened? And it was, that was sort of the point, but it was also, as you mentioned, it held a lot of surprising relevance and kind of, as we talked about in our, I think we did a podcast mostly on the pilot episode where we talked about how it just, it you watch and you're just like, this is how America became the America, like the the media frenzy of, and just the bizarreness covering celebrity and the nature of celebrity and the way we consume news, the way the news is always turning and people are always kind of feeding and the cable news cycle, that kind of thing. The thing about OJ, the reason I couldn't put it to number one, and I'd be interested to hear why you had it as low as you did, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the reason I couldn't quite do that is because as good as it was, and, and I wrote this for the Gainesville scene uh, back when it was on. Mm, Gainesville scene column. I just, I worry that everyone's going to take all the wrong lessons from this, like people so often do with creative successes. Right. And And all the networks are going to say, oh, we got to make a true crime show from something that happened 20 years ago. And they'll just all be bad. (laughs) And I'll be be angry that OJ ever existed. But, you know, for now, for this year... I, I I thought it was the second best mm. show of the year for me. So why I did you have it number nine? Take. Just um, because other shows you I liked more? I really liked it and I thought it was like quality, but in terms of like what I think I would want to like watch again mm. or what sticks out so more vividly in my mind, I just think the rest of these kind of hit yeah. that more. That's interesting because I think that sort of speaks to a different philosophy we might have had with these lists. Because mm-hmm. I sort of, I didn't really think about rewatchability as much as what was 2016. Right. Uh, it sounds like you maybe thought a little more about rewatchability, but... In some cases, I think I did. Tell but. me what your number two is, because I think I've at least figured out that you have one show that hasn't come up yet that I know you love. So, what's your um, number two? You had this on your list, so there is some crossover. Halt and Catch Fire. Okay. Which is... I'm sorry, but this year, they just... They knocked it out of the park this year. They had such a good season. I compared we, the last few talked, episodes of Halt and Catch Fire which, to Mad Men, yeah, I believe, when we, we talked, talked about, about it. this when the, the third season ended, right? We're in the third season? Yeah. And then the, it got renewed for the surprise fourth season, which is going to be its final, which I'm excited about. I sure hope Carrie Bechet comes back. Gosh, what a freaking fantastic... Those last few episodes, that, those string of episodes were just so top-notch. Amazing, yeah. Terrific acting, terrific writing, interestingly filmed... Just like it felt like the show was really finally like firing on all cylinders, and there wasn't there wasn't that thing, kind of like irking you, you know, that's kind of was just like lurking in the background, or the the thing that bothered well, you. Well, other than that character Ryan, he bothered me. Well, he wasn't in the last few episodes. That's true. <laughs> um, but I want, I actually don't really have a great reason for why I have it number eight, other than that I just think seven shows are better. Like I can't point to one specific thing. Right. But I will say that. He was the weakest part of the season for me. Yeah, and I think we agreed on that, and we definitely talked about that when we talked about the show. But but you got gosh, it up. What a freaking! Two, I, I would love to just rewatch those last two episodes as its own like movie. I feel like it just yeah no that sticks out in my head very those well. Those two were just 
freaking great with the time jump and everything, which we talked about when we did it in, in it's greater detail. It's interesting doing this and, and, and realizing what things have stuck with me as we talk through these shows, just specific episodes and moments that have really carried. And yeah. Damn, did Veep carry. Wow, there's so, so much stuff I remember from Freaking freak. All right, so, so we're, we're here. So are you at number two? Or what was your number two? My number two, two was The People vs. OJ. Okay. So we're here. I, Let, let's, I, we might actually be agreeing. I'd be surprised. Let's run through. Let's recap. Just quickly. I'm going to be really disappointed in you. If, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so let's recap. Number ten, I had Supergirl. Yeah. Number nine, I have Game of Thrones. Number eight, I have Halt and Catch Fire. Number seven, I have Bojack. Number six, Quarry. Five, Black Mirror. Four, Atlanta. Three, Veep. Two, OJ. So mine was Transparent, number 10. People vs. OJ Simpson, number 9. Orange is the New Black, number 8. FX's Atlanta, number 7. Six, Black Mirror. I'm trying to... I didn't number them. They're just in a list, but I know <laughs> like which direction the list goes. Black Mirror, uh, number 5, Girls. Number 4, Fleabag. Number 3, Veep. Number 2, Halt and Catch Fire. So our number one show. This is where we should switch lists. Ours is going to be different. I know, but I want to see what you wrote for what you thought mine was going to be. And oh, you should oh, see what okay. mine... Yeah, let's do that now. This is a good time to do that. So we've already... Here. I'll cross here. out... Wait, wait. Let me, so we, what we three, did is before covered, the podcast... Number two. We before the podcast, we wrote down what we thought each other's top three was going to be. Correct. Um, so... We've already spoiled the third... Uh, I... For, for the record, number three, I had Halt and Catch Fire for you. Close. Did you? Pretty close. I, I had Atlanta too, which you had lower than I expected. My number one, are you, my number one for you. Here, let me just pass it to you. Yeah, you, so, you pass so, it to me. So I have a I'm feeling. I'm gonna give you the, what I wrote. Down. I think we might know each other well enough to know what our number ones are. are. So, <laughs> so, so, so we switched lists, right? I wrote down on a paper what I thought Taylor would put as his number one. Let me and just you say wrote that what I and I think we both got these right. You you got it right. Yeah. So Taylor's number one. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil it for the people, and then you can spoil mine. Taylor's number one of 2016 was the Sundance TV drama Rectify, which finished finished its fourth and final season. Oh, or I need to go get third, some tissues, man. Third and final season. Was it the fourth? Fourth. Fourth and final season. Do you want to tell the people? Wait. Or do you? Well, I want to talk about Rectify, obviously. Okay. But I do want to say that I got yours right also. Correct. Which was what? Which Spoil was... Spoil it for the people. FX is The Americans. Such a freaking great show. It's which... great. It's just great. <laughs> which I will tell you in a little bit why that didn't make my top God, ten. God, I'm so disappointed in you. But let me talk about Rectify. Even though I've... I, I've talked about Rectify before only once, really, on mm -hmm. the Top 10 podcast last year. <laughs> right. Because it was my number one last year, and this was my last chance to put it number one. Right. I actually finished watching the fourth season last night, just to make sure. Like, I, I was pretty sure it was going to be number one, <laughs> but I had to watch it to just so I couldn't be... Like, I didn't want to watch three episodes of Horace and Pete and be like, you know what, number four, you know? So... <laughs> I mentioned before, I, I didn't watch Horace and Pete, we, so that's have, why that didn't make my list. I have a comment but about um, Horace and Pete, but finish we, your Rectify thoughts. Rectify, just, I don't even, I'm going to miss it more than anything th that I probably have ever watched. I just feel like it connects with me on just every single level. It's beautiful. The characters are amazing. Uh, there's one character in particular who, at the beginning, you kind of are meant to dislike, and by the end of the fourth season, is one of the fullest characters on the show. And the the whole thing is just... 
God, man, I, I like I don't say this lightly. Like I, I've, I'm sure I've joked about crying watching things before, just random stuff we've talked about. But rectify, honest to God, I went through like seven tissues during the finale last night. Really? <laughs> like rectify hits me on such a deep level. I feel like it understands humanity and and its failures and its brokenness and like what had the way that people search for purpose and truth and just oh my god man I, I i i could talk about rectify forever i'll just say that you know it gets humanity in a way i've never seen anything get humanity and the performances are amazing the I mentioned subtext before, like, what goes on underneath the words on Rectify it is just more than goes on in entire other series. It's it's crazy. I, I, I don't really want to say anything else about it. So now that you've <laughs> done all that and ranted and raved, <laughs> let me be super reductive and just ask you a simple question that I just want a yes or no answer to. Did they stick the landing? Uh, yes. I mean... I think as much as you could. I don't think Rectify is a show that's particularly built to end. I mean, we've talked before how TV shows are better at asking questions than answering them. Yeah. And Rectify was probably one of the best at asking those questions and showing different ways that people could answer them. But, um, you know, I I, I need some more time with it, honestly. I just watched it yesterday. Yeah. But I feel like it... It did everything I could have asked it right. to do, and in a in the most rectify way. To quote someone more experienced and um, perhaps smarter than us, um, he made this point many times uh, as Mad Men was ending. That uh, Andy Greenwald, the um, old critic for Grantland, television writer, now um, co-host of the Watch podcast, on no, writer the, for the FX's Legion, apparently. <laughs> He um, has said a point that sticks with me. Anytime a show ends, I always think about this. You know, TV shows end, but life doesn't. So it is weird and awkward, and it doesn't. And this is not my take. This is his take. But it it's smart and it makes complete sense. And it, it's unfortunate a lot of times that people hold so much in these endings of TV shows, and they're expected so much is expected of them. And obviously, I haven't seen Rectify. I do plan on watching it as with. Most things, it's just something I haven't gotten to that I'm very interested in watching. But I was just curious if you felt like the ending was, you know, I think the way that because I feel like it sounds like something. If it's as sort of dealing with human emotion and the depths of human emotion and you know searching for purpose, like those things don't just stop. Well, it's just the show. The the show is over, but I mean the way that there's obviously more to the story. The way that you just put it kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit thinking about rectify. Because you mentioned this idea that life just goes on, and they don't cheat you in the ending of Rectify. Characters who shouldn't come back together don't come back together um, for, like, crazy reasons. I mean, some of the most important conversations in the finale happen over the phone. Uh, Not to spoil too much, but it definitely gives you a sense of stuff has happened and these people's lives are going to move on. The amazing thing, the most amazing thing about Rectify that will always be to me is that the pace is ridiculous. I think over four seasons, it was about a month, wow. May- maybe a month and a half and probably maybe a little more than that by the end. But this was a show where a major plot point 
could be whether or not the kitchen was going to be rebuilt by the end of the season or, you know, whether someone was going to deflate the big balloon in front of the store after the store closed that night. It, it They took things that were just simple things that happen in lives and put meaning into them that you never really realized was there until it was told in this story. And it's really amazing. All right. So I don't really want to say too much um, about my <laughs> number one pick because we have talked on talked about it on this show before. The Americans are just so good. It's just it's smart. It's such a the premise is just so there's nothing else like it on TV. It's just such a genius premise. The performances are just so freaking great. Hey, and with and the they news keep having lately, guest stars and stuff coming and just with the news lately, who knows if stuff like the Americans isn't is isn't still going on? <laughs> gonna be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Russian hacking, Russian Russian spying. Um, but I mean, there's nothing really to say. Like, I'm it's not going to convince. Great. I'm not going to convince people to watch it if they're not interested in it. But it really is. If people can just be patient and just watch it and just let it kind of wash over them and just soak in. The themes and, like you said, like the sort of subtext of like it has that Mad Men thing where you know so much about these people's lives and you spend so much time with them and you see sort of the dual their dual lives as both you know trying to raise a family and also being spies that everything they're saying has three or four different meanings and it just you're just like oh but that could be talking about this but obviously it's talking about this and occasionally as with anything it, it, it is a little on the nose but it also is just like. It's smart, and it keeps going, and they had... I mean, I'm not going to spoil it by saying names, but they killed at least two major characters this year that I can think of that we had been pretty acquainted with over, you know... This was the fourth season, and they've been renewed for a fifth and sixth. I thought they the only sixth killed one. The final. Well, I don't want to... Sp- <laughs> there were two. You're forgetting. Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese are probably the two best actors in tv right now absolutely so and that's worth mentioning uh, a couple in real life they have a family i forgot about that yeah. that's true yeah um but they're just freaking great they're just i think i've mentioned this a million times when we talk about the americans but just the silent acting on that show when they they just say like so much and you can read so much with just a look just a look on their face that kind of stuff is just it's like catnip for me it's the great. show is great so, so tell I, me really quick before we wrap it up and say goodbye to the people for the new year, why it didn't make your cut. Uh, it's because of what I talked about before with shows that sort of felt like I would remember them as being in 2016. Mm. And this is potentially something to do with recency bias as well. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like this season was going to be one of the American seasons that I remembered as one of the greats. I felt like this was kind of a season of putting things into place, especially by the end. I I think maybe the finale left me a bit underwhelmed as far as what the season was building to, because it, it did do, uh, it had one bold move, I guess. Well, we are kind of at a, um, not to interrupt you, but I, I get totally what you're saying because we are kind of at a midway point in this sort of like, if TV is sort of, a long-form, you know, novel, basically, literature, whatever you want to say, long-form storytelling, you know, they have these last two seasons that they've been renewed for, and they obviously have 
the story in place and their ideas for where the show is going to finish and end. And I can see what you're saying about when you think of 2016, you're not going to think like, oh, this middle season of The Americans was like one of the best. But it's just my favorite show on yeah. TV. It's so good. Yeah, I think that's the only reason. Because I, I just thought, oh, you know, another another great season of The Americans. Right. And, and then it's when sort it's, of like, when it's, it's sort of just like logs in your mind as like another great season. But like it it doesn't feel different than the right. other seasons. Just like, oh, another great season. That's so probably fair. I think once it starts to come back around, though, it'll, it won't have too hard of a time making it back into my top ten. It was the first one... Off my list. Like, I guess if you could say it was my number 11. Right. Um, so. Yeah, and in hindsight, as we're saying, like, once the show finishes, it might, as a whole piece, you know, as whole six-season thing, it will maybe stand and a, I'll little say bit, this a little too. bit stronger. My list had ten shows on it that I enjoy watching, and I often don't enjoy watching The Americans. It's That's very true. dark. That's true. It is very dark. It's, it's, it's entertaining, but not in a... Like, so, oh, this is so thrilling. It's just more stay of Stay tuned. Kind of, stay tuned for the Americans. I will mention, um, before you get to the point you wanted to talk about um, with Horace and Pete, that uh, Better Call Saul Season 2 mm-hmm. uh, came pretty close for me to making the list, just because those guys are damn professionals. And the show was even better this year than it was yeah. last year. One Mississippi was close. You liked it that much, really? I I, I actually, I had it in my top ten at one point, and then I ended up taking it out. Just because I sort of needed a way to frame things, and I came to my idea of, like, you know, what am I going to remember from 2016? And I thought, I'm probably not going to remember just another chapter in the Tignataro story, because I've heard it so many places. Right. But it was really good. That was close. And uh, Stranger Things came close only because I've so desperately crave consensus sometimes yeah. that I was just excited by it, but I couldn't couldn't put it in the top ten. Yeah. Um, now, what, what did you want to say about Louis C.K.'s uh, weird little experiment? I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast so that it's, you know, it's public record or whatever, but I wish I had seen more of it because I watched one episode of it and I was, I was like, this is brilliant. This would probably be in my top ten if I was able to finish the season before I felt like I really had time to... Well, I was joking. To make with, a list and process it, but I was joking with a friend of mine that uh, I didn't get to finish Horace and Pete. I didn't even start it. What did I text you the other day, though, when I started watching it? Didn't I say? I like, think you I'm, said I'm ten I'm minutes like 10 in minutes and it's amazing. That's already brilliant. But you know, when it comes to lists and time in general, <laughs> like it's all just just constructs that we create yeah. anyway, right? So, because I, I, I was joking with a friend the other day, you know, whenever I get around to watching Twin Peaks. Probably be the number one show of that year. <laughs> so, um, it, it's just a matter of uh, when you get to stuff. And nowadays, just to wrap, put a bow on the whole year, I guess, nowadays you might not get to everything when it comes on. <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of going back to last year with that exact same point. Um, I think I ended up watching all of Fargo Season 2 the week after we recorded our top ten. Oh, and gosh. I think I remember mentioning on my on the podcast that if I had time to finish that it would probably be on my list. I think Fargo I have was to say, my number two show I think last I year. Have maybe to say, number three. Retroactively, as much as I love the Americans and the Americans was my number one show last year, Fargo season two would have been my number one last year. Had I watched it in time before we recorded our end of year pod. Fargo season two was obscenely it's, good. It's the cream. And it's stuck it's the with cream me. of the cup. It's stuck cream with me of the crop. a lot. Um, I mean, my number one last year, as I mentioned, was Rectify and probably still would be. My top five last year was Hannibal, Fargo, 
justified review rectify. And that was an interesting thing when I was making my list is my top five shows, only one of them came on this year. Right. I mean, Hannibal's over, Justified's over, Fargo didn't come on, Review didn't come yeah, on. Yeah, those those are coming next year. I think they didn't have so to air a new So it was definitely season. a different list this year. Definitely so, different. top of your head, give me one show from 2017 that you can't wait to watch. Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say the same. <laughs> I'm not really excited for anything as much as I am for Fargo. I do think Legion is going to be pretty dope, though. I, I have, hope so. I have, I have high hopes. That's another Noah Hawley show. High hopes for it. Right. Um, creator, showrunner of the television version of Fargo. Also running Legion, a sort of X-Men-ish And while you're locked inside set. this winter, I'd recommend uh, Before the Fall. Before the Fall, a Noah Hawley novel. Yes. That I actually that I... purchased on Black Friday. On and I Kindle actually for like read. $3 or something. <laughs> it's very good. Anyway. All right, we've I, talked a lot. I we've talked a lot into off. our new little microphone. This um, podcast is not sponsored by. Hopefully, Blue, this podcast sounds great. But hopefully, this is the. Hopefully, you made it this far and you thought in your ear. Wow, holes, this is the, the best yeah, quality you've you ever heard you, from us. <laughs> You're like, wow, Brian doesn't sound as loud and obnoxious as usual. It's kind of the voices are. Kind is there of anything even. else we wanted to talk about? Did 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 I mention your guesses at my top three? Did I mention that? Yeah, was I kind of right? Uh, you guessed OJ3, which I had 2. You guessed Atlanta 2, which I had 4. And you guessed Rectify 1, which was right. And I talked about your what guesses. What did I write? I think I had them all just in a wrong order. Well, Atlanta was my number 4. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Veep. You missed Veep. That's we both true. missed Veep from each other. Look at that. But freaking Veep. Woo! Oh, all right. Man, terrific. We did it. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We want to thank all of our listeners for listening to the podcast this year. We tried to keep it pretty consistent, even though Taylor and I both graduated. Taylor has a job. I have a job. And we are not always – it's not always easy for us to get together. But we've tried to keep watching stuff, keep finding new stuff, kind of off the beaten path stuff, and give you guys um, a bunch of different things to kind of mull over. And for real, tell us what we're good at, what we're bad at. I mean, be, be nice. Be constructive. I mean, don't troll us, but but you know, if you if you listen, like like tweet at us, uh, comment on our iTunes page or whatever. Just let us know that we're doing something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> find us on iTunes, rate and review us. Um, you can find us on most of the podcast sort of apps, and you can find us on what is our website? Is it the Fox the, the, the Fox Podcast, podcast dot com? F A U X. Anyway, we thank you very much for listening. We wish all of our listeners a happy new year, and we will be back in 2017. Exciting plans. We've got exciting plans for 2017. 2017. We'll be back talking about the fresh and the hottest takes of uh, the television year. Happy New Year! Foxworthy Podcast.